Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Was it a good thing that the four-team playoff came around for the Big 12 Conference? We'll discuss that as we are in the final day of the 2023-2024 college football season. Also, a look back on the weekend that was in Big 12 basketball. A lot of big results to get to. I am Josh Neighbors. This is the Big 12 Watch. I am your host here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are a part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You guys can also find us on YouTube as well. If you find us on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, uh, and leave comments. So all those things help grow the brand and help the show. So we appreciate when you all do that. Also, you guys can find me on X slash Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore at NWPod365 for the show. There you can get my Big 12 best bets. In football, we were 54% on the season, which is a winning number against the spread. In basketball, we are off to a 6-2-1 and one start, picking Big 12 hoops with the best bets. So you all can jump on that train once again at Josh Neighbors underscore at NWPod365. And if you guys find us on listening platforms, five stars is always appreciated. And also... You guys can uh, do that. So five stars in those places and write a review. We love you when you do that. All right, folks. So let's get down to business. Uh, Not to quote Mulan. But yeah, today is the end of an era. Uh, Today is the end of an era because it is the end of the four-team college football playoff era. Started in 2014. It's obviously ending here in 2024. We are going to be going to a 12-team playoff next year. Uh, The four-team, obviously, right now is four teams voted on by a committee. That next year will be six or five teams automatically in the highest-ranked conference champions. Now, that part will be up to the committee, but, you know, um, five highest-ranked conference champions are probably going to get in. And then you've got a bunch of at-larges that will contend for spots, seven at-larges. So we'll get to that. We'll talk about all of that. But In general, to me, when I think about the CFP era, the four-team CFP era, and was it good for the Big 12, the short answer is yes. We do not know for sure. I'm actually reading this right now. Ross Dellinger tweets out, hey, what the format of the new 12-team will be. Um, The CFP board did not adopt to move to the 5-plus-7 12-team format, but the CFP chair, Mark Keenum, said he'd be shocked if uh, that is not eventually approved for 2024. So, we will see that once again, highest five, uh, five highest ranked conference champions, seven at large bids as well. And the four top four teams, the four highest ranked champions will end up getting buys. Um, 
So there, there you go. That, that's how we think that's going to work out. But for the for the CFP at four teams, I think I come down like this. Anytime you add access, you increase schools, teams, athletes, fan bases, all of their ability to be a part of a championship situation, a scenario, a, a format, whatever it is, I think it's positive. I, I am somebody who believes in that kind of competitive uh, inclusion when it comes to these team sports in college football and, and college basketball. Um, and I think a lot of times like expanding the NCAA tournament from 64 to 68 was positive because we have seen teams make a run from the first four all the way to the final four. Right. And so, you know, whether they didn't play well enough, they had an injury, whatever it is like that is compelling theater to see those teams in that situation and be able to turn it up from there and make their way through the tournament all the way, obviously to the end of the line. It's pretty exciting to me to see now where you end up getting in some trouble is this, like when you, when you marry television interest plus competition, right? Television, television interest oftentimes is just kind of more games, more inventory, stuff like that. Right. And more top games, what they want. But the NCAA tournament does such a killing. So you just add more NCAA tournament games and you're going to end up doing well. So you add more NCAA tournament games. It's a good move for the tournament. But once they talk about things like 96, you're going to end up just having the rich getting richer, right? It's going to be a bunch of mid teams from the other, from the, from the big conferences getting teams in and not as many, I think, you know, of the really good teams from regular season from small conferences that won their conference championship. I think you're going to miss out on that. So that's why I'm skeptical of that. Um, in the 12 team, I like the fact that we're going to see a new format where there is more access. There are more teams allowed. We know more conference champions will be allowed. And we're in a spot right now where, hey, Florida State won th went 13-0 as a conference champion. Look, somebody's got to get left out. There's only four spots, but they were left out. Um, that was unjust this year, in my opinion. So I'm glad we've been to a place where that is not the case, right? It's not the case. But the one issue that we're having is everything is being expanded in pursuit of cash. And that has its positives, that has its negatives, right? So to me, like, because you're adding more teams to the college football playoff, that's good, right? And the reason why it's good for the TV companies is, and the schools and everybody else involved, it's more games. More games equals more money. This year, there were three college football playoff games. There was the Rose Bowl. There was the Sugar Bowl. There was a championship game. That is three games. Next year, there will be four games in the round of eight. There will be four games in the round of, well, round of the first round. Then they'll have the round of eight, the quarterfinals. There'll be another four games there, so eight at that point. You have your two semifinal games, which gives you 10. Then you have a national championship game, which gives you 11 it was a no-brainer to go to this format, right? It makes a lot of sense. So it's more money, it's more games and everything. And look, like college football is a sport that's dominated by the best teams, but it is still important to have your underdogs available and around your TCUs. Uh, Washington is not a super underdog story, right? But giving access to teams like a Washington is important. Making sure schools like Florida State and the year they go 13-0 is important. It does not mean you know, Georgia had a great season. So the 12 team playoff, Georgia getting included. I think that's good. You know, even though they're a top uh, blue blood brand, 
right? Uh, this year, Liberty being in, you know, was an interesting one. I, I think almost Tulane kind of should have gotten the, the nod uh, for being conference champion. But, you know, there's there's good debates to have on, on all those fronts. I think having one of those teams involved is always good, especially because one of those teams will get to host a playoff game, which I find incredibly exciting. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's that's all really good. The, the one issue, though, is that in this pursuit of money, that is where conference realignment has come around and those changes have come around. So if you think about a 12-team playoff on its surface, the inclusion of more teams does not hurt the sport, but the spirit in which you are including more teams is more games means more money. And if you start doing what I said in college basketball and apply that to football, where you say, yeah, we're letting more teams in, but all of our at-larges will be teams from big conferences. And look, some years... They need to be. Some years, it should be teams from big conferences taking up all the at-large at spots. They're the most deserving teams in a, in a lot of years. I think that'll be the case. But if we're living in an era where we're heading towards super teams, and you're going to a super conference rather, and we're going to end up doing like a 30-team super conference, and you're just going to pick most of those schools anyway, like they're going to end up having that 30-team super conference, have a normal season, have a 12-team playoff. And so it's like, everybody's just going to keep playing everybody and there's going to be a lack of regional association with it. And that's what kills a sport. And I've been railing on this now for weeks and months and, and honestly getting to the point where we're at years now, like, and I was actually, it's funny, the New York times, the daily, their daily podcast, which talks about news all across the world today was talking about the new world of college athletics and where things are headed. And, you know, they mentioned quite plainly, like Dave Fahrenheit, who's an investigative journalist for New York times, a really good one too. He's a Texas Longhorn fan. He's like, yeah, most likely we're going to be heading towards a 30 team league that's controlled by the schools, maybe not the NCAA. And it's going to be like a, um, a minor league. And I once again, caution that if we go full minor league, you are in trouble because if you start excluding teams, you are in, you're going to be in trouble. We love football as Americans. Yes, we do. We love college football for different reasons than we love pro football, right? Um, we love a sport. Yes. We all like people like high school football. Why? Cause their attachment to their high school and areas. And it's super hyper. It's, it's high school football is hyper localized and we love football. So that's why people care about that, but it's not like widespread widely loved. Take the next step up, right? People love college football but really care about their teams. I know people here in the state of Arkansas where I live that they watched Alabama and Michigan because they know Bama, obviously. They're in the conference. They're in the league, so they're going to watch them. Many of them were rooting for Bama. Many of them were rooting against Bama, right? Because what's the connect? It's, it's like almost a Floyd Mayweather type deal. You either love him or you hate him. You pay-per-view to watch him win, pay-per-view to watch him lose. But there are a lot of folks, you know, in this area, hey, hey Texas, I watched the game afterwards. Uh, you know who, but a lot of them didn't watch the game. A lot of them did not watch that second game. Texas Washington late at night. Who cares? If you go towards a format where you have a lot of teams that are like Texas and Washington, and they're playing Texas, Washington, Bama, Michigan, Ohio State, it's going to be fun in the beginning. But when that becomes your regular season, and there's no association across the board, it's not not as location based, and and it's feeling more professionalized. Well, you better be. Careful, because guess what? There are football is a sport that people love because it's fast, it's hard hitting. You know, the violent part of it people like. It's exciting for those reasons. Well, 
there is a higher level involving more physically mature athletes who are at the top of their game. It's the NFL. It's the most watched league. And so while college football is pretty safe because it's the second most popular American sport, you have to be careful about dis, uh, disenfranchising folks, right? So it's funny that we're in an era where the 12-team playoff gives more schools more access, but at the same time, we're facing a, a scenario where despite that access, it feels like the folks who actually have a chance to win, that group's getting smaller because the amount of television money that the biggest conferences are pulling in. And so that puts you in an interesting spot where it feels like more of us can be involved, but uh, the reality is the walls are kind of closing in. So if you just held off at a 12-team playoff, it'd be fine. The issue is you're not just holding off at 12, are you? You know, it's, it's not where the, the jig ends in terms of chasing money. It's, it's going to end up being the super conferences. It's like, hey, we have all of these great matchups. Why don't we just pick these matchups all the time? So the playoffs and playoff expansion to me is good. But like what it represents is bad because of ultimately who it like what it's what it's indicative of what what we are chasing with that right like you can't in the NCAA tournament you can't just punt all the uh, all the lower level teams out people want the Cinderellas so they like it if you take that away you can start taking the charm out of it uh, people don't love college football for the Cinderellas they do like the idea though that everybody does have a shot and if you have a great year your team can compete and be in a big spot and be in a big bowl game and be in a big situation People like that. But if you just take that out, which is, feels like what we're heading to, you're fine. And look, the super conferences, like the Big Ten and the SEC, will feel special because there are still, I'm not saying like Mississippi State and Arkansas and Ole Miss and schools like that water down the league. But still, a schedule that you have is comprised of some big games. Right? But most of the games are, you know, somebody's got to lose a game. So it's not like 10 and 10, two teams are always playing each other. But like, it's not always. You, know, you look at a let's just say let's go let's go with Arkansas schedule next year because they have a, they have a really good schedule. Uh, let's go with Arkansas football uh, for next year. Uh, their schedule is unbelievable, right? It is it's an awesome schedule. It's really good. Now, guys, I'm just using these things for sake example. UAPB at Oklahoma State, UAB first three games. Those three are nice, but you know what makes Oklahoma State get special? Hey, it, it's a, it's a step up in competition. At Auburn, A and M uh, is in is in uh, um, A and M games in. Arlington, Tennessee at home, LSU at home at Mississippi state, Ole Miss, uh, Texas, Louisiana tech at Missouri. It's like, there's a mix. There's big brands, you know, there's regional rivalries. There's UAPB who's an in-state school. Like you've got all of that stuff mixed in and you need that mixture. It can't just be big team. A meets big team B in awful watered down stadium. And even if they're home and away and they're doing all that stuff too, during the regular season guys, like, these games do lose their luster if you keep doing it over and over again. Michigan and Alabama in the Rose Bowl was special because it was that curvy A against that block M on the helmets, head-to-head -head in that setting. That's what made it special, okay? That's what made it cool. The second game was cool because the high level of play. Both games were a pretty high level of play too. But once again, like Jalen Milrose, not amazing. Jalen Milrow is not a always super fun quarterback to watch. JJ McCarthy is not a you know super fun quarterback to watch, right? But like you put the the tradition and what that means and put it all together and it's great. But guys, like those games are special. Michigan did not play many big games this year, for better or for worse. 
But the big games they were in this year felt big because they meant a lot. You kind of need the lower level stuff to make the big stuff feel big. Because if you just do big game, Clemson, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, like you cannot do that every week. It just can't happen. It's, it's not how it's going to work. Um, at least in my opinion, I don't think you can do that. I could be wrong. I don't think you could do that. But once again, adding more teams, including more teams is good. Um, pursuit of cash, which everything in the country is about that. So I guess I can't be too mad about it. Uh, but you have to, you have to understand like it might be harmful in the very end of the day because you might end up hurting the product, right? You might end up hurting the product long-term and visibility because folks, this, this is a localized sport, right? Folks in this part of the country where I live do not watch Pac-12 football. They don't. They don't know who Kalen DeBoer is. They do not know. Guys, I mean, I cover this sport for a living. I cover these sports for a living. They do not know who the Washington coach is. They don't know his name. If you if you polled a bunch of people who think that they're like college football fans, they probably could not name the coach of Washington and the quarterback for Washington. They probably couldn't do it. Well, casuals depends on where you are, but like, that's, that's what I'm saying about the localized part of this. So you have to be careful about how much it is uh, of that, that you are doing. All right, folks, let's also talk about, uh, the big 12 basketball this year. So once again, expansion of the playoff, good. The pursuit of the money and being like, let's just take this thing further and further and further. I mean, at what point do you have enough money? At what point are the facilities in the campus nice enough? Uh, you know, if you're paying the players now, it's great, but like, I'm, I'm all for chasing more money, but let's make sure they get a good enough pie of this assistant AD X, Y, and Z doesn't need to have a raise. That doesn't help you at all. It doesn't help you if you're an Indiana fan or you're a Purdue fan, right? If you're losing games, in the field, uh, to those schools you added. So that's kind of my point with all of this. All right. Big 12 basketball from the weekend folks. Let's get to that right now. Fun weekend. I'll tell y'all what I want to start with the, just kind of chronologically where the day began. TCU just gives uh, uh, Kansas fits in Allen Fieldhouse. They beat him there last year, not able to this year. I'll tell you what, though, Hunter Dickinson, hell of a player, 30 and 11 for him. Really exciting back and forth game. Kansas guys, they look like the genuine, the genuine article, and they're going to be a really strong team once again this year. I feel like Emmanuel Miller has been in college forever, uh, part of this too. I want to mention, I just feel like he's been around forever. Um, then you had West Virginia getting dog walked by Houston guys. Houston looks like they're really good. Houston is undefeated. They're 14 and 0. we'll see the real challenges come here. Porter Mosier and Oklahoma 71 to 63 over Iowa state in a hard, hard fought game. This is a completely made over roster for Oklahoma. Two big games. We've seen them in this year. The, uh, they played Arkansas and they really beat Arkansas pretty good. Uh, also they played USC, but USC is not, not that good to be honest with you. Um, their loss was by 12 to North Carolina, who I think is a really good team. But they've got a 21-point win over Providence when they had Bryce uh, Bryce, Bryce Young, uh, Bryce Hopkins. They've got a win over Arkansas by nine on the neutral floor. They've got the win over, over USC. They've got the win over Iowa. So they've been beating pretty good teams, and they get this win over Iowa State. Oklahoma is a good team. They're top 10 team. And they're top 10, so you say, well, Josh, of course that they're good. Yeah, but like I think they could be really good. Now, you don't want to peak right now, right? It's not where you want to be peaking, but they play some really good defense. And I know Iowa State can be a team that is, uh, you know, they, they can be subject to bad shooting games. It's kind of a hallmark of what their teams have been like. But the defense was there all night, and that was huge for them. Baylor, a nice road win. Looked like they might be in danger in part of this game, but going on the road, getting a win at Gallagher-Iba Fieldhouse, uh, Gallagher-Iba Arena, very impressive there. 
Uh, was not the best shooting day. They were two for 15 from three, still getting the job done. And then some big results, K-State getting a huge win. Tyler Perry, 25 points. They beat UCF by 25 and everything happening there. You glad to see it. And here's your two big results. Since, excuse me, Cincinnati goes on the road and beats BYU 71 to 60. Number 12 team in the country is BYU. This is a team in Cincinnati that I did not know what West Miller had because their schedule, guys, this point has not been very good. They've got a five-point loss on the road against Xavier. Then they've got a 14-point loss uh, neutral court against Dayton. The rest of the games, they have not played super high-level competition, and it's showed. So the first time that Cincinnati got a real test, they went on the road and they did a really good job, especially, and this, this, this is how it goes, guys, it's one with defense. Like if you shoot around 40% from three and you can hold the other team to sub 30, you're going to win the games uh, most of the time in the Big 12. It's, it's a math equation most of the time basketball is. The other one, big one, guys, and this guy, we know he's going to be a player. Pop Isaac's already a player. Um, this is the first big win for Grant McCaslin at Texas Tech. And Texas Tech goes on the road and they beat Texas in their own building 78 to 67. Once again, a 21-point performance from Pop Isaacs. Also, you get West Virginia transfer Joe Toussaint, or uh, West Virginia and Iowa transfer, I should say, Joe Toussaint, who chipped in a nice game as well. He had 15 points on 7 of 13 shooting. They were efficient. They were 53 from the floor, 47 from three, and they held Texas to, from beyond the arc, 33%. So this was a very strong effort, despite the fact that Tyrese Hunter had an awesome game. And... The big thing is here, guys, like if you're going to beat teams on the road early on in conference play is the time to do it. The reason why is you get through those dog days and you play more games and more games. and The kids are all back at that point, too. It gets a lot harder. But what you saw this weekend was, uh, let's see, the road team won one, two, three games. TCU, they covered two. So road teams look look pretty good this week. Uh, and I think you'll see that that'll drop off. That'll head the other direction. All right, guys, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO, LO at NWBot365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. We'll talk with you tomorrow.